is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 32 of the Business of Reselling podcast. I have been away for a while. We've just uh, had a transition. Um, our summer into fall transition is always a little bit weird. Um, we, like I said, we I've said before, we don't have any full-time regular in-house staff right now. We're just working with um, remote workers who do listing for us. But uh, we do have in the summers... Um, a helper who comes and works for us in the summer. He works full-time all summer and we kind of get into a different work routine when we have him around because he does um, a lot, a very productive person and does a lot of photography and is great with shipping labels and all kinds of other things. And then when he leaves, because he goes back to, uh, to school every fall, we are like, oh no, what do we do? Like we have to get our old routine back. And so the last few weeks, couple weeks have been sort of about that for us. And, uh, and so I've been a bit overwhelmed and not been able to do a podcast episode. The other thing is that (laughs) this is almost came like two weeks too late. It would have been so great if we'd had our helper when this happened. But uh, recently, we had an opportunity to buy the entire contents of a house. It's a small house, but it's the entire contents of a house. And it's quite a lot of inventory. So we have to uh, spend a lot of time working on that. So because we have a limited amount of time to get that house empty, that's been the priority and the focus of my work. And those are my excuses. That's all they are, are excuses. Uh, Anyway, I have a big dump of updates and stuff like that for you at the beginning of this episode. And then I'm going to dive into a listener question which is, does reselling make you a hoarder? So we're going to talk about that, as well as um, how you can get creative with your storage so that your place of work and your reselling business does not look like a hoard um, and manage your space while you start to scale up. So we'll look at some of that stuff in a few minutes. Now, I have to mention, and I'm sure every podcaster and YouTuber in the reselling space is talking about eBay Open coming up in a Oh, like, I guess by the time I publish this, it'll be less than a week. Um, normally, I would be presenting something at eBay Open or at least hosting a networking room. Uh, this year, I'm going to Portugal and I booked that trip before I knew the dates for eBay Open and honestly probably wouldn't have changed them to accommodate eBay Open. So I'm just going to be absent from that. And that's why you won't see me around. But you should register. Um, it's virtual again, except for a few in-person events in some American cities. And I will put the link in the show notes to register for your virtual ticket, which is free. I'm sure that there will be lots of great presentations at eBay Open, as there always are. My favorites are always the ones that the resellers are hosting and presenting. I think that they're a lot of fun, and it's great to hear people's real-life experiences. So make sure that you register for that. So um, some things that I've been doing a little bit of or that I was working on um, just at the end of the summer when we still had help was I was getting rid of my $15 listings. You have heard me talk about this before. I hate selling low value stuff. I always want my average selling price to be higher. 
And over the years, um, we've had a bit of a tug of war in our business with like, should we list low value items? Are they worth our time? I really don't think that they are, but I still have. I mean, I didn't, I haven't done a count, but I, I bet I have at least 1200 items in my store that are 20 bucks or less out of 7,000. And I decided that this is not acceptable anymore. So I started to pull those listings and I still have to work on it because I need to do it in a methodical way. I need to go uh, do this in the warehouse, find the listings, find the item, pull it out, bin it. Uh, I will save these things for our warehouse sale. So I'm not getting rid of them just yet. We'll run them through one warehouse sale. And then if they don't sell there, off they go to Value Village. Um, anyway, it feels great to sort of clean up our store in this way. And I feel like this process is kind of relevant to this week's episode about space management and hoarding and clutter, because this is the kind of low value clutter I can't have in my limited space if I want to continue scaling up the business and remaining in the space that we have. That's just how it is. So those items got to go. I've pulled over 100 of them so far, and I'm excited to keep going and working on that, which of course I do not have time to do because of this entire house that we are working on emptying out. Anyway, I will come back around to it, and it's a great project, and I recommend it for you too. I've also been doing some experiments with promoted listings. Um, I did one recently about uh, a couple of weeks ago where I, I ran a sale on all my Barbie stuff, which was 20% off, and then when the sale ended... I changed to a promoted listings dynamic rate of 10%. And then as I would get watchers on items, I would send 10% offers to watchers on those. I wanted to see if that um, if that would work uh, in contrast with a markdown sale. Uh, it did not. It did not. Um, but I'm going to keep uh, updating and working on my promoted listings. Uh, my next experiment that I want to do is it has to do with uh, helping our old inventory move. So some of the things that we've had sitting in the store for like over a year um, that I probably have at like my base rate of 3% or 5% promoted listings um, of maybe upping the rate on some of those items to give them some visibility and a little bit of a boost and hopefully get them sold. There's no harm because all of our stale inventory comes from purchases that we have already paid for, you know, probably a dozen times over or more. So it's pretty much free money. And I can afford to run a high promoted listings uh, rate on these and see if they go. So these will be things like, uh, I don't know, like old car parts. Car parts are some of the things we've had in our store for the longest. Uh, clothing items. I don't really like selling clothing items, but I think we're up to like 500 or so listings of clothing items. Um, I hate that stuff. I just want it to go. So going to play with promoted listings and I'll keep reporting back on the progress of those experiments. Um, as well, what has been going on in our store, I have had big problems with missing shipments, missing shipments, seven item not received cases inside of two weeks on eBay. Now I'm in Canada, as most of you know, and so I use Stallion, which is a cross-border shipping service. 
And we bring our packages to Stallion, and Stallion is responsible for distributing them across the U.S. border and then to the various carriers that take them all over America as well as overseas. And the majority of my problems have been with these overseas shipments getting lost. So I have been quite upset about this because seven is a lot. And over the time period that these shipments were sent, I probably shipped around, um, it was like 65 or 70 international packages. So if seven of them go missing, we're talking about a loss rate of around 10%. And that's totally unacceptable. Like, it's just not okay. Um, anyway, Stallion helped me. Um, they were Their customer service was good. And they did do some investigation. And we were not able to nail down a particular pattern or logistical flaw that led to all of these losses. They were all lost at different points in the process where different um, people in the shipping line had them, uh, different organizations. And so there really wasn't any consistency as well as they were all going to different countries. So we couldn't even, we couldn't nail down what happened and really just had to chalk it up to like a string of bad luck which I don't like because I think that, you know, this problem could easily happen again. And as we head into the holiday season, I'll be shipping lots more stuff and I don't want to deal with all of those item not received cases. So this has been a concern for me. I've been spending too much time on it. Definitely more than I would like to be. Um, and of course, you end up with unhappy customers. Like they don't know what's going on. For all they know, you might have never shipped the thing. So it's upsetting. I don't like off having to offer those refunds. Uh, you know, I've taken care of them quickly, but um, I don't like the wait and see if it gets better approach. That doesn't work for me, but that's basically where we're at with it. Uh, and I just have to hope that it goes away, I guess. So that's that. And one last thing before we move on to today's theme is that I have finally, I said at the very beginning of January, I said that my goal this year was to launch a product. So like, I have to do this. I have to do this so I can achieve uh, at least one of my podcast goals this year. And so I am going to be launching a product while it's actually a service um, via the podcast this fall. And those are going to be store reviews where I'm going to go through your store, you're going to give me the link, and I'm going to evaluate your listings, your pricing, your shipping policies, um, as many things as I can, and offer a little one pager with some suggestions on how to improve. And this could be everything from like search engine optimization to listing titles to shipping rates to um, you know, the way you write descriptions, photos, I don't know, it could be anything, right? Um, but I have looked at a lot of stores, and I see some patterns um, in the way people do things when they say that sales are not working for them. And so I'm hoping that this service will be beneficial to um, sellers who are trying to scale up and trying to figure out how to sell better on eBay. Now, I am going to give one of these store reviews away for free. And I will figure out some way that you can enter to win it. Um, so right now, this is just, I'm putting it out there. This is what I'm going to do. Um, so if you're interested, definitely keep your ear on the podcast because there will be more on this next time. I am not quite ready to 
launch it yet, but I am going to charge $150 for the store review when it, when I get there, when I launch it, um, because of the time I want to put into it and I want it to be a really good product, not just something where I sit down for five minutes and, you know, take a look at three listings. I want to spend some time on it and really offer real relatable and useful suggestions for people. So it's going to be $150, but I will be giving one away for free. So keep your ears on that. Okay. So the question I had from a listener was, does reselling make you a hoarder? Specifically, how our line of work encourages hoarder issues. And the flip side of this, how to get creative with storage. Um, so I have to say that I'm not super comfortable throwing the the word hoarder around. We joke, right? We joke, oh, my reseller inventory looks like a hoard, or, you know, my husband says I've become a hoarder and I, I've lost my dining room and I don't have it anymore. These kinds of things come up in conversation, but like, I do want to say Hoarding is a genuine medical condition, and I think it's important that we're not making fun of the actual disorder here. Um, so we're, we're going to use the phrase hoarding kind of lightly, but I don't want to make light of the real issues that some people have with hoarding. Um, so if the question is, would reselling cause hoarding? I, I think probably not. No, not on its own. Um, I'm certainly not a mental health expert or advisor or a psychologist. Um, So, you know, I want to be careful with how I talk about that. But um, I do want to just make sure that there is a distinction, there is a differentiation. And what we're talking about today is not the medical condition of hoarding. If you or someone you know is concerned about genuine hoarding behavior, I will put a link to more information in the show notes um, to help you explore that. I would say if a reseller is genuinely a hoarder, this is probably pointing to another underlying issue that may be exacerbated by reselling, but the reselling is not the cause. Now, can reselling lead to behavior that might look like hoarding? or at least to an uncluttered and unmanageable space, like absolutely. And so I want to talk about some of the reasons why that happens. Um, I'll tell a story. Like when we first started our business, um, we bought a storage locker at an auction and, you know, we, we were like, okay, what, how do we do? What, how do we sort this? What's worth what? Where do we put the things? We did not think it through at all. We just bought the locker. And I remember that we chucked everything home and like stacked it all up in the living room. And we were like, yeah, I don't know where, where else we're going to put this. And then we started opening boxes and we were like, Oh my God, like there was, there was like mouse crap in some of the boxes and now they're in my living room. And we were like, okay, if we're going to buy storage lockers, this is not the way that it's going to be because it was like my whole living room was taken over for like a week with stuff that was mostly junk. Um, so I think one of the things that is important to establish very early on in your reselling journey is how you're going to manage your space and where the things are going to be. Just have a dedicated space, no matter what size it is, and figure out how to work best within that space and do everything you can to keep your reselling business 
physically separate from your regular life. Now, if you're reselling out of your home, so that means like just keep it in one room or one part of a room, just keep it in your garage, just keep it in your basement and try not to let that stuff creep around the house. When we first started doing this, our house started to get really cluttered and I quickly realized like, I can't live this way. There's just no way I can have this kind of stuff around. And my whole mindset around stuff started to change. Suddenly I didn't want things anymore and I didn't want to buy stuff and I didn't want to consume products. I was like, I want kind of as little as possible <laughs> because we would see all of these things that people would abandon in their storage lockers and think, like, why were you paying to store all of these things? Now they're in my house. Um, anyway, I digress, but it is important to have that dedicated and separate space. So one of the things that does happen with new resellers is they never think that part through. And so the stuff just creeps out of a zone and creeps all over the house. And then it becomes difficult to find inventory when you sell it because you don't have a system for managing things and being able to find stuff. And that can definitely look like hoarding to the outside observer. And it may even feel that way if you're the one living in that space. Um, so that's step number one, pick your space. And if your space is 50 square feet, it's 50 square feet. If it's 5,000 square feet, it's 5,000 square feet, whatever it is. You figure out the parameters of that and work within that box. Um, another thing that leads to lots and lots of extra clutter is too much buying and not enough selling. Now, we all love the thrill of the hunt, right? We love it. It's so much fun. Just addicted. We bought an entire house full of stuff last week on a Thursday. And where do you think we were on Saturday morning? Yard sailing, of course, always buying more stuff. But we all buy a little bit more than we sell. I think most of us have this problem. Um, you know, we definitely do. And But you're not going to scale very much if you don't turn over your product. And you're also going to balloon and burst out of your space really soon. So you've got to have um, systems and processes in place to make sure that you are listing things if not as fast as you're buying them, at least at a pace that allows you to continue to manage the space that you have. So that was my next thing was a lack of systems and habits in place to continue to list items regularly. For a lot of people, listing is not the fun part of the job. I happen to really like it, but I think it's um, very clear that a lot of people don't and I get it. It can be really tedious. So having systems in place just to make sure that you get your listing done, whether that is, okay, I do this on Thursdays from 10 a.m. to noon. If you like to schedule your life that way, uh, you can do that. And that's your dedicated listing time, whether that is hiring another person to do your listings for you, um, whether that is only listing items that are, you know, very fast and similar and routinized, like however you want to create those systems, just start creating them um, so that you keep new listings fresh into your store all the time. As we all know, the more listings you make, the more you sell. It is pretty much exclusively like that across the board on every single platform. So that's super important. Now, a lack of organization, I guess all of these things are kind of related, but lack of organization is another one. And it's actually a bigger deal than the lack of space. If you only have like half a room to work with, then you have to figure out how you're going to optimally organize that space so that you don't explode out of it. 
So organization is absolutely key. And I'll talk about more of that in the second part of this episode. But you do have to think about a method or a way of organizing to maximize the space that you have. Um, we are all have limited space. And even people who, like, we know a guy out out yonder east of here who actually, he buys so much stuff that he bought an airplane hanger to put it in. Um, you don't have unlimited space, even if you have an airplane hanger. And if you don't have an organizational method and you end up in an airplane hangar, you are never going to find your stuff. Like, it'll just get buried. Things will get damaged. It's just not good. So don't think, oh, I'll figure out my organization when I get more space. You won't. Do it now. And the last thing I wanted to mention is this habit, which I definitely have, of holding on to things to research later because you're afraid of letting something valuable go by accident. Um, I've got four shelves in the warehouse that are like this. They have stuff all over them. It's like, oh, I'll I'll list that, but I gotta get a I gotta find the right battery for it first. Okay, put it aside. Oh, oh, I list that, but it's only worth 15 bucks. I'm gonna keep it aside until I get more of them. Oh, oh, there's that, but I can't figure out if that thing is 20 years old or 250 years old. I'm gonna have to research it later. Like lots of stuff like that. Um, and not just in those um, four shelves, but those are the four shelves that are the most problematic in our warehouse. Um, so this is a real difficult thing. Um, at some point you just have to list it and forget it. Just make the choice, make the listing. If it sells in five seconds, hopefully you priced it for a profit. Um, we've all fumbled things. I still fumble things. Um, I, I listed an ice cream maker yesterday, uh, for $300. I was like, Who's going to buy an ice cream maker for $300 sold in an hour? I clearly underpriced it. But like, I can't have that ice cream maker in my warehouse. It's huge. Um, so periodically go through those piles. We all have them of the stuff to look at later and sweep them and try to empty that space or at least clear out some of it and just make decisions about some of those items, get them listed, get them donated, do the research, just Take that time and do it um, so that those piles don't grow and grow and grow and grow. And then you have all this stuff that you're like, ah, it's good stuff, but I just I don't know how good, you know, uh, it's, yeah, I get it. It's a, it's a dilemma. So, so those are, those are kind of the things to look at. Like how much space do I have? How well can I organize this space? How do I develop listing uh, processes and systems that ensure that I'm getting listings up regularly so that I don't grow out of my space too fast? And how do I take the time to research stuff that I don't know about and just get it gone uh, and just like emotionally let go of that? So on the flip side, uh, the other half of this question is how do we get creative with storage? So um, first of all, the higher the ceiling you have, the better position you're in. So you could have 100 square feet. If you're in 100 square feet with 8-foot ceilings or 100 square feet with 14-foot ceilings, like yeah, those high ceilings are going to help you a lot. So go right up to the top if you can. Um, get a safe ladder, okay? Um, we even have our items stored in our ceiling. So in our warehouse, our ceiling is not drywalled. It's open. <laughs> so when we have like big long things, like we just like put them in the rafters. <laughs> so we've gone all the way up to the ceiling and in the ceiling and we're making all the best use of that space that we can. 
Um, when it comes to organization, squares and rectangles are better. So boxes instead of like those totes that stack inside each other, like those are fine and we use them, but they don't stack as well and they're not as efficient of a use of space. So boxes and, and square or rectangular bins are going to be better so you can maximize every square inch. So think about that when it comes to your organization as well. Organize within your boxes. So one of the things we like to do, especially when we're enlisting a lot of items that are similar or like very small, is we number them. So for example, when we were doing the Barbies, we would have like, we have these extra long bankers boxes that we use for them. And even though, yeah, sure, they all look different. Um, when you're looking at like 60 of them in one box, it, it's like, it hurts. So we put numbers on each one. So then the SKU, the custom label would say like doll six, number 12. And then instead of looking for this particular doll with this particular hair or whatever, I'm like, I'm just looking for number 12. It's so much easier. So so do that and consider doing that with similar items. Um, put them in bags and put the number on the outside of each bag. Um, we love doing that and it really helps us. And then you can easily flip through your boxes too to find the things. You don't have to like pull everything out to look for the thing on the bottom. So I really like that. Um, if you have rolling shelves and racks that you can move around easily, this is great. Or if or you can hide them. So like, I don't know. Let's think theoretically. If you were using your dining room for your inventory and you had everything on a rolling rack and then you had like family coming over for dinner, you can roll the rack away and put like a nice curtain over it or something and just like roll it to the corner of the room and hide it. Um, so rolling racks are nice. It's really nice to be able to move your inventory around. Um, another thing is like I've talked to small scale resellers who actually use under the bed storage for their inventory. So they just stick to really small items because that's all the space they have. And yeah, they just keep everything under the bed in those rolling under bed storage totes, which I thought that's a really cool use of space as well. Because all that ever happens under the bed is like things get dusty. But if you have those totes, you can keep it clean and organized and use space that you wouldn't otherwise be using efficiently. Um, so those are just a few tips and ideas. Again, it all depends on how much space you have, but I would say, you know, generally if you have a smaller space, you should probably be focusing on selling smaller items and or items that sell very fast and are in high demand. Although that's great advice for any reseller, but it's especially relevant. If you have a small space, you have to turn over your inventory on the bot. The, that's the bottom line. Like you're not going to scale your business if you don't turn over your product. Now in our store, we sell about like 5,000 items a year or so, and we have 7,000 listings. So we're turning over a majority of our listing inventory, but that also means we're not selling through all of it. So there's always more inventory on hand than there was the year before. And so we have that problem of lack of space, even though we have 2,000 square feet plus the garage in the back of our house if we need it, plus half of our basement if we need that. Um, so we're always kind of like growing into that space. And then we have to have like a warehouse sale or something to like call it and get it down to something more manageable. Um, and then within the warehouse, we're always like taking like one corner of a room and be like, okay, how can we use this space better than we're using it now? So we will 
periodically replace shelving, you know, we'll replace bins that we used to use before and, you know, replace them with something better and more or more square. Um, we have different sizes and heights of shelving for larger items. So we have dedicated spaces for that. And then we use, I think we have like over a hundred of those extra long bankers boxes that are probably holding like half of our inventory, like all small things like Hot Wheels and I don't know, t-shirts and small toys and things like that. So um, we always have this problem. We're always, we call, we, we say when we need to have, when, when things get too full, we're like, we need the shop to breathe again. That's what we say. We're like, ah, then we have a warehouse sale and we're like, ah, okay, the warehouse is breathing again. Um, And we're always trying to get it back to that point where we feel like it's breathing because it also creates a healthier workspace, less dust, less obstacles, less workplace hazards. Um, it's a more comfortable space to work in when it's more open. I feel comfortable being there for longer. The energy is better. Um, so there's all of those other reasons as well why it's super important to make sure that you have an organized space because it's just going to help you feel better. Um when you go to work every day. So a call to action for today would be what's one way you get creative with your storage. I was really hoping to hear from some listeners um, who would share their ideas on YouTube and then maybe another listener can use them or maybe I'll use them too Um, because a rising tide lifts all boats. So leave that in the comments. What is one way that you get creative with your storage and your reseller space? Um, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, which you can do at businessofreselling.com. But head on over to youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast and make sure you are subscribed there as well. So you get all the videos and random little tidbits that I post from time to time. And don't forget, we're always buying. If you hook us up with a great pick in the Pacific Northwest or British Columbia, you will definitely receive a gift. Uh, so register for eBay open. I am going to Portugal. Yay. So I'll be back in a couple of weeks for another episode. See you soon.